0: What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Here we go. The calendar has turned to November. The college football playoff rankings are out, and it is time for the most exciting point of the year, if you are a college football fan. Welcome to What's the Spread? Miles on Sports here. Mr. Brad Thomas to break down the weekend's best games. We've got some good ones. But, my man, we have got to get into these college football playoff rankings.
1: Whew. Wow. Talk about – you know, it's always so funny when the college football playoff rankings come out. It's the, my, it's one of my most favorite times to watch social media. Like, I think on our on our What's the Spread page, we even saw people, like, go absolutely insane over, like, The smallest little rankings, like, I can't believe this team's ranked higher than this team. I'm like, just keep winning games. You will be all right. Trust me. So let's get into our rankings, Miles. You go first.
0: Yeah. So we gave our initial reactions on Tuesday night. Go ahead and go over to our social media page to check that out. I have been waiting to release mine. Really not going to be that much different at this point. The number one team in the country for me is the Tennessee Volunteers. I think that's something that the committee got correct I think Tennessee right now has proven that they are the best team in the country, best resume. There's not a lot to argue about here, but what I was surprised about is Ohio state being at number two over Georgia. I have Georgia as the number two team in the country. And I said this the other night. I know that we are supposed to be saying, okay, it's about this year. It's about what's going on with the rankings this year and the teams this year. But as you and I have talked about, that's absolutely impossible. And the community is never going to do that. They are going to honor what you have done in the past over what you are supposedly or hypothetically going to do in the playoff this year. Georgia is the defending national champion. They are undefeated. They have the second most impressive win in the country now with their thumping over Oregon in in week one. I think Georgia is absolutely the number two team in the country. And then I've got Ohio state at number three and Michigan at number four. I think that those are the best four teams in the country. I don't think Clemson belongs in the top four. We could talk more about that today. We'll talk about that for sure. (laughs) But these are my four best teams in the country. Tennessee plays Georgia on Saturday. We're going to talk about that. Ohio State, Michigan plays at the end of November. Um, So I think you can have those teams in in any order. My first two out are the other two undefeated power five teams. I've got TCU as my number five team in my first team out. If TCU had Oklahoma or Texas, in front of their name, they would easily be in the top four over a Clemson or be ranked ahead of an Alabama. It's because it's TCU that they're not getting the respect that they deserve. Now, am I saying that I think TCU is going to finish the season undefeated? No. But I'm saying that up to this point, with TCU's resume, it's every bit as good, if not better, than Clemson. They are my first team out, and I'm going to go ahead and put Clemson as my second team out at number six. Alabama, folks, Alabama is right behind them. But, you know, I did it with Cincinnati last year. I had Cincinnati behind one lost teams the entire November until there was, uh, you know, the last 2 lost team, and then yeah. I was going to put Cincy over that Power 5 team. I'm doing the same thing here. If you're undefeated at this point in the season in a Power 5 conference, you deserve to be ranked. But I've got Alabama ready to pounce as soon <laughs> as one of those teams loses.
1: It's funny because I was looking at my rankings and I was like – Wait, where does he have Alabama? But then I did a top seven just for my own little uh, to be happy with myself. Um, so I'll start with mine. My top four: I have Georgia as number one. Uh, like you said, I don't think I don't think Georgia has a reason to be usurped. People talk about the Kent State, the Missouri game. Now we're starting to see Missouri is actually a good team. Like you go on the road, you win a game. People think it's Missouri of old. Georgia has a top ten defense, top ten offense. Can't knock them down. Tennessee at number two. Tennessee has the number one offense in college football. Uh, They are a a machine. Um, Sometimes someone said this uh, when I was watching ESPN, um, and I agreed with it. Tennessee's offense is so good that when their defense gives up points or it struggles, it makes them look so much worse than they really are. And I'm going to get past their defensive woes. Um, We'll talk about their game, but I have high hopes or high expectations for this Volunteers team. Number three, I have Ohio State. Uh, This one's pretty much – a shoe-in for me, Ohio State was either going to be number two or number three. Number four, I have Michigan. I've watched these Clemson games. I don't care if you want to talk about strength of schedule. Clemson's playing in the freaking ACC, barely winning games, while Michigan is playing against ranked teams, blowing them out. Number five, I have Clemson. Number six, I have TCU. I do want to touch on what you said briefly uh, about the TCU if they had their name. Yeah, the brand name would matter. But also, some of the TCU wins, I understand where the committee's coming from. Like, they haven't won pretty And if people want to talk about, you know, throughout the year, we're dogging teams for ugly wins. I think we kind of keep that a little consistent with TCU, but by no means if TCU finishes undefeated, will they miss the playoffs? And I see a lot of people on Twitter saying that that will happen. There's no way you keep an undefeated big 12 champion out. They did everything possible. I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care if they have to go to quadruple overtime in every single game. And my number seven team, even though you didn't ask for it, Alabama, I had to talk about them briefly if Alabama runs the table, they're going to be in the playoffs. It, it, like, because what you're going to, you're not going to have a, what there's going to be no undefeated sec team. And so they're going to have to shoe in Alabama there. And it's going to suck for Tennessee. If, if it's in, if Tennessee ends up being one loss and it's to Alabama in the championship or one loss to Georgia and then Georgia loses, Tennessee is going to be the odd
0: man out. Well, so this is where it gets difficult for me, Brad in, in ranking season is I think Alabama easily beats a TCU or a Clemson on a neutral field tomorrow. I think yes. Alabama, Alabama and Michigan is a good game, but I think Alabama wins that game as well. I think an Alabama-Ohio State game on neutral field is easily a pick up. So, so this is – my my point is, is that I want to have Alabama ranked ahead of those teams. Yeah. I do, because I think that they would beat them on a field tomorrow, on a neutral field. But – You can't. It, it gets to the point where – right. You got it. At some point, you have to honor the eight and no TCU, the undefeated Clemson, but that's where it's hard because I think that in in any order, Tennessee, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia are the best teams in the country. Um, And and I think TCU and Clemson are the outside looking in. But if they continue to win football games, they're not going to go anywhere. But I think this is shaping up. I feel like I say this every year. I really mean it (laughs) this time. I think this is shaping up to be one of the most intense college football playoff races we've ever seen. I yeah. think that we have a chance to have two or even three one-loss teams on the outside looking in.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, God, if you look at, like, TCU's schedule, they have, like, a winnable schedule. Like, the rest of the year, uh, outside of this weekend, I think this weekend's, like, their hardest their hardest game. Or oh, right, that's two weekends from now. Um, but they do have to travel to Baylor. Uh, they have to play Iowa State and Texas Tech.
0: And the Big 12, which we'll talk about here in a second – Uh, It's one of the deepest leagues in the country. So it's going to get hard, or it's going to be very difficult to win five more straight games in that conference. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the game of the year. One of the games of the last 10 years, if you really want to look at it. (laughs) We've got Tennessee going on the road at Athens, Georgia. Unless you've been under a rock, you know that this game is happening this weekend. I fully expect it to have the same ratings that we saw with the Alabama Tennessee game. This is where we bring in even the casual college football fans. On a Saturday yes. afternoon where everybody has their eyes on this game. Georgia is favored by eight points. I'm going to go ahead and let you start with this one.
1: Imagine if you don't like college football or you have to work on Saturday. You have four, five games that are must-watch TV. I'm going to back the volunteers. This is going to be in my NBC Sports article. Plus eight. I think eight's too many. I think Tennessee is actually the better team between the two. Um, there are two teams uh, that I really want to highlight offensively every time I talk about them. Number one, Ohio, who's ranked number one in offensive FEI. And number Ohio, two, Tennessee. Uh, what I say? Ohio. Oh my God, I knew I, that would make I, you I sick. Just
0: had to give you crap. I
1: didn't even realize I did it. <laughs> it's because it's, it's I'm reading off this paper. Um, and uh, Ohio State and Tennessee, who's number two. The So let's break down these quick metrics really fast. I'm going to do them as fast as I possibly can so I can get in and get out. But let's talk about offensive drive efficiency. Basically, that means uh, the value of scoring gained or lost per drive. Tennessee's number six, right? So basically, what Tennessee's doing is they're scoring a ton of points, even if they're not getting the most value out of every drive they're getting. Ohio State's obviously number one because Ohio State gets a lot of short fields, just makes it easier. Defensively, yes, they have a ton of problems, but now they're going against a a Georgia team who's out their best edge rusher, a Georgia team who has struggled to get pressure on the quarterback, a Georgia team who made Anthony Richardson look like he knew how to play football in that second half. This is way too many points for a team that I think can win. I think that uh, I don't even want to look at trends or need to look at trends in this game because I just think that Tennessee is just an overwhelming team. But if we want to look at trends, they're seven and one against the spread this season. And uh, man, I'm excited for what they have to come because I think they run the table until the SEC championship.
0: Here's the thing, right? We got Georgia minus eight. I want to be the the expert, the one to tell you. Georgia's going to come out. They're the defending national champions. They're going to prove that they can slow down Tennessee's offense. They're going to win by fourteen at home. But I can't do it at this point. We we are in the first week of November. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Tennessee is not a mirage. No. It, it, it's. This is not something that is something that you can pretend at this point. Tennessee is the real deal. And you're giving me eight points in the biggest game of the year in a road environment that I don't think is that difficult. I mean, has has Georgia proven or or had a big game at home? No. You know, this big, you know, recently, because we've seen Bama have these big games against LSU. Georgia plays in the SEC East. The Florida game is on neutral territory. Georgia hasn't had a home game like this probably since Notre Dame came to town years ago. Yeah. So and Tennessee's offense works so quickly. I don't think that the the crowd's going to make that much of an impact anyway. No. So giving- Hypo's already,
1: Heupel's already talking about implementing silent count. I mean, can you imagine that offense with a silent count? Just boom, boom, boom. Just, Oh my God. Efficiency, efficiency, efficiency.
0: Yeah. And we don't even need Tennessee to win the game. We need to stay within eight points. Now, let me tell you the last time I checked 90% of the public bets are on Tennessee plus eight. But I will gladly be on the side of the public that's going against Vegas. They obviously are trying to do something here. Yeah, Tennessee can win this game. They have the best offense in the country in November, in the SEC. They're averaging 553 yards per game, 49.4 points per game. I didn't think that anybody could outscore the Ohio State offense going into this year. Tennessee is doing something special they right are. now. And let's go ahead and look on the other side. That game against Florida last week for Georgia. Ooh. Yeah, it was it was over before you could blink. But Stetson Bennett completed only 50% of his passes and threw two interceptions. Yes. He is going to have to match. Hennon Hooker, drive for drive in this game because Georgia can't rely on their defense like they did last year. Bennett's going to have to make plays. I'm not saying that he can't. I've made that mistake before. But what I am telling you is that he's coming off one of his worst performances, passing performances of the last two years. And Hennon Hooker, in my eyes, is the clear front runner for the Heisman.
1: He is the clear front runner for the Heisman. And this game has a chance to be his Heisman moment. I'm just so afraid. The only thing I'm afraid for him is this is the first time he's played an elite secondary. Um, But if he tears his secondary apart, we have no objections he is the
0: Heisman. Yeah, and here's, here's the other thing. You and I both picked Kentucky last week. So I'm not gonna get burned by Tennessee twice in a row. So I'm gonna go <laughs> ahead and roll with the Vols. Let's get it. All right, let's go ahead over to the other side of the SEC over in the SEC West, which is now somehow a top 10 matchup. We've got Alabama, 13 and a half point favorites going on the road at LSU. I'll go ahead and start on this one. Yes, you know, oh, no. I, I, I've I I've really gone back and forth. But I'm not going to pick against Alabama here. I am rolling with the road team again. Roll tide. The favorite. Roll tide. Alabama minus 13 and a half. LSU has been playing much better football under Brian Kelly. They seem to be getting better every week. Jaden Daniels has just been playing out of his mind. Yes. He uh, has. on offense. They've won six of their last seven. Their only loss was to Tennessee, but it was a blowout loss to Tennessee at home. Keep that in mind. And going back to last season, Alabama has only covered on the road two out of seven games. So all of those things make me very nervous. But LSU has been getting off to a few slow starts this year. They fell behind to Ole Miss early on, 17-3. to Obviously ended the uh, game on a heater there. Completely dominated by Tennessee, as I mentioned. Somehow lost to Florida State on a neutral field in week one. Obviously, it's a different team at this point. But if LSU comes out to a slow start, like I think they will on Saturday and fall behind early, Alabama is going to absolutely steamroll them. I think there is still a significant talent gap between the Alabama and LSU rosters right now. And even though it seems that Brian Kelly is absolutely the right fit, yeah. Yeah, he's not LSU in the right spot. I think Nick Saban is going to come into Baton Rouge and show him who still owns the SEC West.
1: I think that Alabama will win this game by 10 points. Um, and it pains me that 10 points is inside this spread. So I'm going to back uh, LSU. We know that Nick Saban makes uh, Brian Kelly uh, his baby. He is he is Brian Kelly's daddy. Um, and Alabama knows they need to win this game. Uh, they have no chance to make the playoff. They don't. I think that it's going to be fun to see Eli Rex play against his, his first team, his old team. Um, but one thing that I do get worried about in this game is there's just so much youth in the secondary for Alabama in this game where LSU will be able to score points. It's hard to win games in death Valley. It's hard to win games against LSU on the road. I mean, on LSU, whenever um, I have Alabama win this game by, by 10 maximum. Um, I normally have this whole swan song to talk about Alabama and the beauty, but now it's time to talk about the grim, the meek Brian Kelly. You know, he's falling victim to expecting too much out of his players, expecting his players to read, his system the way that a professional would read it. That puts a lot of stress on these guys. It does. Alabama used to, it used to be fun watching these Alabama players play because they looked like they had fun on offense. Brian Kelly comes in there. It looks like they have no clue what they're doing. And it's tough for me to want to back a team as 13, almost a 13 point favorite. Uh, A lot of cleaning up to do defensively. They looked great against Mississippi state. And I do think they give Jade uh, Daniels issues. But I gotta take the points here, especially with as bad as Alabama has been on the road historically.
0: Alabama's yeah struggling uh, on the road, giving up thirty-two points per game at home, giving up or uh, on the road, giving up only seven points per game at home. A huge difference there. It's going to come down to the play of Jaden Daniels to see if they can keep him within the number. That's a yeah. tough spread. All right, what's next? Tough spread.
1: Up next we have uh, Clemson versus Notre Dame. Clemson's laying three points. I'm going to kick this one off, Miles. I am all over Notre Dame. Listen, I get it. Kubiak looked great at first for Clemson when he was coming into the game. I couldn't even remember. I'm pretty sure that they're still starting DJU, if I remember correctly, right? Because Dabo said this is DJU's team. When Notre Dame gets a double-digit lead over this Clemson team, I want everyone who is listening to know that Notre Dame will not let Cade Kubiak. Come into this game and rescue him like he rescued them against Syracuse. Watching that Syracuse game, they were shafted by the referees. They were shafted by the moment. Let's talk about this Notre Dame Irish against the spread. Irish in their last six against the ACC, six and zero against the spread. What does Notre Dame do? I know it's a different regime under Freeman. Still, I'm still saying these stats. What do they do in November? Win games because this is when they try to make that patented playoff push. They are thirteen two and one against spread in their last 15, I mean, 16 in, in November. One thing I want to say too: Notre Dame has really surprised me because they played that game against Ohio state. They were tough in the trenches, like really tough. And I really liked that a lot. Like it was something that I I was like, man, this team, they might not score a ton of points, but they're really going to give you issues. They're going to be the dominant physical team. And then they went on to play Marshall. Bad, really bad. Like, probably the worst loss that you could have. I'm going to forgive the Stanford game. But then you look at them, they bounce back against BYU. And in that game, they were really physical. They lose to Stanford, but I think Stanford's a lot better and a, a tricky spot for some people. But then they played against Syracuse. And again, they were really physical. This will be the first game all season that Clemson plays against a physical team. Clemson has had their way with all of these defensive lines, all of these offensive lines, lines of North Carolina State. We know they're only good at the second level. Wake Forest doesn't have a line. Florida State banged up on injuries. And Syracuse were victims of the moment. What's your thoughts on this game, Miles?
0: Okay, so uh, two, two major points I want to make here. First of all, I am with you. Yes. I am on Notre Dame plus three and a half. I had to dig deep. I had to dig deep to make a pick on this game. And it actually got me more excited the more that I dug and the more I thought about it. I'm going to be on the Irish. Two big points I want to make here. First of all, for Clemson. Yes. They are here. They are ranked inside the top four of the college football playoff rankings. You can be mad about it, but that's where we're at. Yes, they haven't looked great doing so. But what they are showing week after week is consistent faults. And today's exactly. college football, those weaknesses and those faults will catch up to you. I can't sit here, and, and, and listen, also, don't need Notre Dame to win the game. Just no. need them to cover the three and a half. But eventually, those faults and those weaknesses will catch up to you, no matter how weak your schedule is. And I think that that's what we're going to see with Clemson at some point. At some point. It may not be Saturday. It may be the ACC championship game. Watch out for North Carolina.
1: North Carolina who can score the freaking rock. Holy smoke.
0: Clemson is is very difficult to figure out right now. And there is a reason why I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, I just feel like to everybody right now in the Twitterverse, uh, in the media, they are a nuisance that nobody seems to be able to get rid of. Everybody is upset that Clemson is here. You know, you, you, it's almost like you forget they won on those national championships. Right?
1: Like they're like the ugly stepchild.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that's really what it feels like, I, I which is great because it takes the heat off of Ohio State. So good for me. But listen, which Notre Dame team is going to show up?
1: Is, this is it going to be the question? one
0: that lost to Stanford in Marshall at home? <laughs> or is he going to be the Notre Dame team that showed out and beats Syracuse in North Carolina on the road? Yes. And that North Carolina win on the road looks better and better every week. I am so impressed with what Marcus Freeman has done after starting the season 0-2, losing to Ohio State, losing to Marshall. Agreed. And all of the heat in the world behind him. I mean, all the pressure in the world behind him. He's got mediocre quarterback play. To be fair, Brian Kelly always said <laughs> that too. Yeah, yeah he He's got mediocre quarterback play at Notre Dame, and he's finding ways to win. Now, it concerns me that Drew Pine only threw for 116 yards last week in the win against Syracuse. But they're finding ways to win as a team right now. And as you said, they play very physical up front. Yes. And they're playing at home here. This is their Super Bowl against an undefeated Clemson. I like it. I like like finding Irish plus 3.5 in this one.
1: Man, I love that we're on the same side here because I thought you were going to be like, Brad, you're crazy. All right, well, this next one. Texas minus 2.5 at Kansas State. Kansas State coming off a massive win. Go first. I have mine already locked in, but I, I want to just hear you talk first.
0: I'm going with the home dog. Uh I'm going with Kansas State plus two and a half. It, 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 honestly, I want to make it clear that this is not an overreaction to their 48 to nothing win over Oklahoma State last week. But by the way, what in the world happened to Oklahoma State? Are you kidding me? Forty eight to zero? This Kansas State team is now proving that they're a wrecking. Yeah, sorry, a force to be reckoned with, and they're doing it with their backup quarterback. Now, who plays, Adrian Martinez or Will Howard? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Will Howard passes for four touchdowns last week in the win against Oklahoma State. Adrian Martinez was having a great season before his injury. Texas is 0-2 straight up on the road this season. Only two true road games for Texas so far. Those were losses to Texas Tech and to Oklahoma State. Texas defense allowed 37 and 41 points in those games on the road. You can say Texas is coming off a bye, but I actually think that works against them in this game. I do too. I'm taking Kansas State at home.
1: I'm on Kansas State as well. And last week, I want to say this. I spent so much time watching film on Will Howard. And Will Howard looked like a different Will Howard. He trusted his arm. He trusted what got him the big bucks. What I mean is the starting backup role. This Kansas State team is legit. Um, whether it's Adrian Martinez or Will Howard, I think they'll be fine. My biggest gripe with Texas is how bad they are on the road. And I knew that when they played Oklahoma State, but I thought maybe, you know, Sarkeesian figured things out. The Longhorns are 1-5 against the spread in their last six road games. Trends like that just don't come up because you're having a bad stretch. Trends like that happen because you are bad on the road. What will they do in this hostile environment with a K-State team who is beaming with confidence? Yep. I think we see something along the lines of, you know, a Kansas State winning by 14. It sounds gross, but it's funny because how does Texas neutralize teams defensively? You know, their greatest neutralizer is their secondary. Kansas State's offense is so perfect to go against a strong secondary because, they're mobile, quarterbacks mobile. Deuce Vaughn can move the chains. I love watching Deuce Vaughn play, by the way.
0: Oh yeah, beast! This is going I mean, to be Darren a Sprouls fun game. College, Dar- huh?
1: Yes, yeah. It, it, but what's crazy is like he's more shifty than Darren Sproles. Like Darren Sproles used a lot of his physicality and bowling ballness, where he, he's more shifty in, in Deuce Vaughn. So I'm back in Kansas State here, and I hope it, I hope it doesn't prove me wrong. That they're a home dog. I think they should be the home favorite.
0: All right, I'll take three out of four. Let's go and end it with a bonus pick. If you've listened this far, uh, you are who this podcast is for. We are going with an NFL pick. I wanted to go with the spread. I did. But looking through the spreads, there wasn't really one that I was 100% confident. Tough, of. So tough then, spreads. Right? This is a tough Sunday, tough tough week in the NFL. So then I started uh, looking for a player prop that I liked. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with my boy, who I drafted in fantasy football. From Michigan State. I'm going Kenneth Walker. Nice. Over 72 and a half rushing yards at Arizona. Now, this was also the spread that I was leaning towards. Uh, Seahawks plus two over Arizona. But that kind of scared me. So, I'm going to roll with Kenneth Walker rushing yards here. He went over this total in weeks five, six, and seven. Before falling to only 51 yards last week on 18 carries. I think he gets back to 22, 23 carries this week. Gets over that number. Cash it.
1: Kenneth Walker also hit this number uh, when these two teams played head-to-head when the Seahawks won. Um, But listen, I want to add more to yours real quick. Uh, Arizona sucks uh, against the run. I'm going to play Kenneth Walker 100 yards and a touchdown. I played it in their last game when they played against each other, and he fell three yards short, and I got it for plus 350. It's going to be a lot lower this week. I think it's going to be plus 275. Mine is going to be the Green Bay Packers minus 3.5 for Detroit. Buy low spot for the Packers. The Packers are playing against a Lions team who is dead last in defensive DVOA. What better solution for a struggling offense than playing a defense that can't stop anyone? The Packers really have shown what their strength is going to be. Years and years and years. It was Aaron Rodgers who was carrying this team. It's going to be the running game. Luckily for them, the Lions have a 20, They're twenty 27th ranked PFF in and run defense. I think this is going to be a game where the Packers kind of flex their muscle. The Lions getting rid of TJ Hawkinson is a big loss offensively as well.
0: Good get right spot for Green Bay. They've, they've, they've got to get one eventually, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Well, Miles, this was fun. Uh, Guys, be sure to drop a like or rate or subscribe and also visit our Twitter page at what's a spread underscore, because we are going to continue to drop more and more reactions. It's fun doing this with you, Miles, and everyone watching. Tell a friend about the podcast. Take care.